What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Arnie's. We are three beefcakes that also happen to have Sherlock Holmes level intelligence. I'm Matt Johnson, and I just love sleeping in the back of random flatbed trucks I find like my good friend Jack Reacher. I'm Keith Baker, and I buy all of my boxers used from thrift stores. And I'm Austin Terry, and all the cops I meet also just happen to be willing to bend the rules for me. Don't you love whenever you meet a cop, you know, every other day, and they're always willing to bend the rules for you? God, I love it. A nice little holiday treat, which is so fitting because on today's show, we're celebrating the holiday season by talking about blood, intrigue, and Alan Richardson's body with the premiere of Reacher Season 2. Season 1 made a big splash on Amazon Prime almost two years ago now, and it has been one of those few things that men in their 20s and 70s can't agree on. The show kicks some ass. After a long break, though, we're back with our favorite wanderer who says that he doesn't like getting involved, but always does, with a nice big three-episode season premiere. But before we get to that, in the world of Reacher, most deaths are brutal, but if you had to pick one way to die at the hands of Jack Reacher, what would it be? I thought this would be a good question because, I mean, I guess you could pick a really brutal, crazy death just so you can kind of say that you had a crazy one, or I guess you could opt for something that might, in the grand scheme of things, be quick and painless, but that's also not really Reacher's style. So I don't know, guys. How would you like to die at the hands of Jack Reacher? Yeah, I definitely don't want the brutal one because those all look very painful and that's not the way I want to go out. So after thinking about this question, I've decided that I want I want Alan Richardson to come up and just give me a big hug from behind and have my neck nestled in between his shoulder blades and his huge biceps. And it'll just kind <laughs> of lightly cut off my airway and I'll just mm -hmm. go into an eternal slumber nestled into Alan Richardson's incredible body. It sounds like kind of like a nutcracker in a way. <laughs> it's like if you could put your neck basically into a nutcracker, but it, this sounds kind of pleasant in a weird way. Hey, we did say we're celebrating the holidays. So what's That's better so than true. an Alan Ritson nutcracker? <laughs> that is so true. You know, I was thinking of like, a, like, yeah, could he knock me out like just so hard that I just, just slump over and die? But I was thinking like, no, maybe I could just be like standing on the side of a cliff and he just comes up and just grabs me by the neck and just holds me over the cliff and just stares at me and says something really corny and then just throws me off the cliff Happy and I holidays, fall the way down. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I guess I'm going to be kind of lame here. I'm going to take one from the show because it's one that I hadn't really necessarily thought about being a way I'd like to die. But after witnessing it, I feel like it might be not that bad, guys. I mean... To be honest, if you got thrown out of a helicopter, don't you think you would probably die from shock before you hit the ground? Or I guess before you hit a tree on the way to the ground? I don't know. I feel like I might not even be conscious at that point. So maybe I'll get to enjoy kind of the experience of skydiving because I haven't, you know, done it yet. So I'll get to do that before I die. And then I'll just slowly black out before my legs hit some trees and then I crash into the ground. I think you're very importantly ignoring all the torture before you get thrown out of the helicopter, oh, though. Oh, right, right. The torture. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Okay, never mind. I guess just Reacher can shoot me in the head. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, let's go ahead and get into it. Austin and Keith, we never talked about Reacher Season 1 on this show, except for a small little segment on a movie and TV catch-up episode we did a while back. So let everyone know your quick thoughts on that, as well as your non-spoiler thoughts on the Season 2 three-episode premiere of Reacher. Yeah, Reacher season one, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed. It was definitely one of those kind of caught me by surprise. I went into it with such low expectations that I was surprised with how much I enjoyed it. Like the kind of tagline is for this episode, the show does kick ass. The action's great. Uh, the mystery was, was really fun in the first season, but then also the performances and kind of the deadpan of Alan Richson. There was a good amount of humor there, too. So I came out of it very excited for season two. And going into season two, 
I gotta say, I'm I think I'm kind of let down. There's just something about this season that's not really clicked for me yet. It's felt very cheesy. The writing has felt very off for me. Um, and I, I feel like they're almost leaning too much into the comedy. And they did kind of in season one, they had the, a nice little like fish out of water dynamic with Reacher being kind of surrounded by people who don't know him and are unsure of him and are unsure of him and his motivations. And with this season, they flipped that to put him among a team of people who know him. And, and that flip of of character interactions hasn't really been working for me this season. So overall, I've still been having fun with the action and there has been sequences that made me laugh. But compared to season one, it has felt like a step down for me. Um, I'm like you, Austin. I really enjoyed season one, loved all the characters. I love Alan Richardson as this like a literal action figure too. <laughs> like he just looks like some some action figure you would buy in the store. It's crazy. And then um Malcolm Goodwin and uh Willa Fitzgerald as the uh the side characters were really good too. Going into season two, uh I'm kinda with you, Austin. I think this one I, I don't want to say it's a complete letdown. I'm still enjoying it. Um I think it's just I'm just not as uh, hooked as I was on season one. Like season one, first episode, I was like, this is awesome. Like I, I can't wait to watch the rest of the show. Season two, I'm like, you kind of nailed it with the, the new characters are, I don't want to say they're bad. It's just kind of a different dynamic than him, like getting to know Finley and uh, Willow Fitzgerald's character in season one. He knows these people. He has a past with these people, but they're not really explaining the past all too well for me yet. Maybe they'll get more into detail later on i think it, i think it's going there but right now it just seems they're just keep they're just keeping everything kind of vague with the the background of these people um which is kind of bugging me i'm like okay can you reveal just a little bit more so we can kind of get through this this hump that they're kind of in right now other than that though i think the action is still there for me um we get a lot of good gunfights him kicking some random stranger's ass again um uh, we get the the intellect of him knowing when people are following him and all that. It's all fun stuff. So still enjoying it, but not quite as strong as season one. I think you did have a good point too, Keith. The The side characters and supporting characters did feel a lot stronger in season one. And that is one of the big things that has not been working for me in season two is there's not really a side character that I've latched onto yet that I'm enjoying. Yeah, I think I might be a little bit higher on it. Not like crazy high or anything. Um, but yeah, Reacher season one, I think, was great. I echo everything that you guys already said, so I won't belabor that point. I think the the key thing to take away, maybe, keeping with non-spoilers, is I think one of the appeals of Reacher season one was that it was a very personal story for Reacher, but it, it, it took a while to kind of reveal that. So he's basically a fish out of water, like you said. All these people around him don't know him. He's not familiar with this town. But then they very quickly reveal that, oh, I know it's a crazy coincidence, but your brother actually was murdered here. So that becomes a very personal story. So it was kind of like a fun back and forth of like, I'm a fish out of water here, but I have a very personal kind of journey and vendetta. So that was a kind of like a good mashup. Whereas I think the big difference with season two of Reacher is that they kind of took the fish out of water element away a little bit because now he's very familiar with the people around him, but it's also still a personal journey vendetta because now instead of his brother being killed it's like the members of his old team are being picked off one by one so i i think my big thing is i do miss i didn't think i would but i do i do miss kind of the fish out of water element there, there's still bits and pieces of it there because i mean he's still such an off off the grid guy that whenever he comes back in it's like he doesn't really know what's going on he's missing a lot of information but so yeah i think overall so far i definitely preferred season one but I'm still pretty high on this, like he said. I, I still definitely am enjoying it. Uh, the action's great. 
I am intrigued enough by the mystery. I do have some qualms that I'll get into in the spoiler section of like how they're revealing certain things in flashbacks and how they're treating certain characters. Like in the past versus present, it feels like there's some weirdness in, in the present. Like we're just like missing chunks of time. But again, this is just a premiere review. We've gotten three episodes. We have five left. So I'm sure we're going to get to that. I just hope it feels like well paced as we keep going. Uh, but yeah, definitely. I, I read online someone called this like the pinnacle of dad TV. And I think that's so true. This is like <laughs> this is like a very macho show, like even though it's violent, like like dads and uh, and everybody like around the world will love it. I remember like being home for Christmas last year and my dad, who doesn't watch this type of stuff all that often, was just randomly like at, at Christmas dinner like, with friends and family. He's like, have you have you watched Reacher yet? It's like, yeah, Reacher's pretty fucking awesome. He's like, <laughs> I know. So it does have that vibe. It is like pinnacle dad TV and it's super enjoyable. Am I enjoying it as much as season one? No, but I still would recommend that. I'm having a very good time so far. Yeah, it is very like macho masculine, but there there is also something about it where it doesn't feel toxic. So they are no, like no. kind of they're towing the line there and still keeping it, I think, very approachable. I will say my wife watched the first two episodes of this and was like, I'm done with this. I don't need to see more. So it's <laughs> not for everybody, uh, but still really fun. Um, I guess to kind of close out a non spoiler section, are you liking season two enough to tune in every single week or do you think you're going to wait till it ends and then just binge it all together? I think so. I think as of now, I'm going to plan on watching it. Uh, week to week. Um, I'm, I'm in, invested and intrigued enough, and I just like Reacher as a character enough to watch him kind of go through this stuff on a week to week basis. That said, I don't think I watched the first season until it was all already out, and that was a super fun binge. So we'll see how it goes week to week. I, m- I might find myself like, ah, man, there's not enough meat on the bone, you know, like for one a week. So we'll see. We'll see. But right now, I'm, I'm planning on it. I think for me, this is a wait and binge show. I did that last year with season one. Uh, and, and like you said, it was a very fun binge. So I think I'm going to wait and then just knock out all five when it's finished. Yeah, I'm kind of half and half. I'll, I'll try to watch it every week. But if I miss one, I'll just catch up the following week. Like you guys said, I, I think you nailed it perfectly with it being dad TV. I don't think this is like a show that you're going to get like a Breaking Bad like caliber type story. But as far as just in, uh, enjoying it and, and loving the action. I'm all that I'm all in for it. And I like and I, I love detective stuff too. So um I'm in, like you said, man, I'm invested as well. But if I miss an episode, no biggie. All right. Well, there you go. Kind of have some varying thoughts on this season. So I think that'll make for a good conversation coming up. But before we get to that conversation, we have to drop the official spoiler warning. So if you are not current and not caught up on Reach, or if you haven't started the season two premiere episodes yet, make sure you go do that first, and then come on back. To hear the rest, we'll be waiting for you. All right, guys, welcome to Spoiler Territory. Before we get to our freeform discussion where we break down all of our points, let's start us off like we always do with some cast, crew, and critical reception talk. All right, so Reacher is developed by Nick Santora, who you may know from Punisher Warzone, The Sopranos, Prison Break, Lie to Me, and Breakout Kings. So far, we've seen episodes directed by Sam Hill and Omar Madda. The show is also written by Nick Santora, Scott Sullivan, and Penny Cox, and their score for the show is composed by Tony Morales. And of course, based on the Jack Reacher novels, this season is based on Bad Luck and Trouble specifically, written by Lee Child. All right, and going to our cast, we have Alan Richardson as Reacher. Maria Stinn as Nagley, Sorinda Swan as Dixon, Sean Sippos as O'Donnell, Luke Billick as Franz, Dominic Lombardozzi 
as Guy Russo, and we got Ferdinand Kingsley as AM, and Robert Patrick as Langston. All right, guys, there's our cast and crew. Any positives, any negatives? What do we got? I mean, I'll take the easy one. The highlight is, of course, Alan Richton as Reacher. Uh, He really is carrying the show. He was the main draw for me in season one. And I do think his performance and portrayal of the character has not taken a step down at all from season one to season two. Still really enjoying him. He looks the part in the action. His deadpan is always funny. And I do like his kind of softer moments in between the characters we saw from season one. And now going into season two, he does still have some kind of emotional core with his former squad mates. Yeah, no, it, I, I'm going to shout out him too, because it's such a big difference from uh, from Thad Castle from Blue Mountain State <laughs> that <laughs> oh, we're yeah. used to. Like, what a night and day difference playing some like dumb jock football player to being like a really smart military personnel turned drifter. I do think, though, if he hadn't done the journey of Blue Mountain State and developed his comedic chops, he probably wouldn't nail the comedy as well as he does here, because he does carry a lot of the comedic scenes, too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'll also shout out Maria Stinn as Nigley. I think she's a definitely a good right-hand lady for him. Um, I like just, yeah, the smarts of her character, and she seems to be kind of the one that uh, guides him in the right direction. So I really like, like her character um, from season one and going into this season as well. Yeah, I definitely echo your guys' sentiments behind the scenes. I would just shout out like the choreography team, whoever's kind of putting these action sequences together and walking everybody through it. Definitely deserve some props because there are some super fun action moments that I'm excited to talk about with you guys here. Um, the person I'll shout out, I'm enjoying their performance. We haven't gotten a lot of screen time from them yet. I'm seemingly being set up to be a villain so far, but I'm liking seeing Ferdinand Kingsley pop up in more things. I really loved him in The Sandman. He was great in Silo that we talked about semi-recently. Uh, was that this year or last year? I couldn't even tell you. That was this year. <laughs> Crazy. Already <laughs> nominated I... for Best TV Show of the Year in our Academy nice. Awards next week. Ooh. Ooh. But yeah, he was great in that. And here he's playing this weird character that like our team knows about. They call him AM because he uses those initials and everything. And I thought it was like fun seeing him pop up in certain scenes. Like he'd be doing one accent and then he'd be doing like, an American accent. Like he was just like switching it up. So I feel like this character is like, you know, they're easing us into him. But I think by the end of the day, he's going to be more scary of a presence than even like Robert Patrick is so far, who seems to be like the main villain for now. But I don't think he's going to be by the end. I'm calling it now. AM is going to kill Dixon by the time this season is over. Ooh. Yeah, you know what? I think you might be right. Because I, I thought it was interesting that they switched up like the romance angle. Because like, that took a while in season one. And then here they're like, here, here you go. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so they, they might be setting us up for some pain later down the road here. I did kind of mention this at the beginning in our non-spoiler section, but I just wanted to go deeper on Reacher being paired with his own team this season that he knows and already has relationships with versus the lone wolf dynamic of season one. I think for me, the, the thing that does feel off is, yes, he does know these people, but they're talking about all of their history and stuff, and it's just stuff we haven't seen. So like myself as the viewer still kind of feels out of place in these character relationships. Yeah, and I kind of alluded to it before. The thing that's annoying me isn't even really necessarily this core four of a team because I'm actually I'm enjoying these characters enough I think there's some fun stuff there there's some like you kind of feel that there definitely is a history there but what I meant earlier is the thing that's bothering me when it comes to the flashbacks versus the present isn't this team it's how they're talking about everybody else and then as these episodes go on it's just like oh okay I guess all these characters that we met briefly in episode one flashback are already dead so it gets a little bit confusing when we don't really have a much of a face to their name yet. And then as this premiere goes on, they just keep revealing that more and more of their old team are dead. 
but then they keep are they're still talking to each other just about them. So it's 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 a little bit confusing. I'm curious. I think Keith mentioned it as these episodes go on. Do we get more flashbacks that like show these characters that are already dead? I don't know. That that's the thing that's bothering me so far. Not like our present alive team, but the way they talk about the ones that are like being picked off and are already dead. I think too there is a lot more like because of this dynamic there is a lot more sitting around and talking instead of on the scene investigating action. So I am noticing like there's a lot of one-liners, the writing feels a little cheaper this time around. Um and and maybe that's maybe that's why I'm noticing that more. It's just cuz it feels like we are spending a lot more time like on the road with these characters or in a hotel room or not like as much of exploring the town and and expanding the mystery of of Reacher trying to figure out the place he is in and things like that in season one. Yeah, I'm just confused about what the 110th has did. And with Robert Patrick's character coming in, he's like, I want them all dead. And he, but it doesn't say anything else. <laughs> it's like, I want them all dead. Like, can you say something, at least something else to give us some sort of hint? I gotta imagine what it's you gonna want. tie back to the case they're revealing in the flashback. Oh, yeah. It'll definitely, yeah, I'll definitely tie back. I mean, there's obviously got to be a reason that Robert Patrick is willing to kill all of the members of this team. But yeah, I mean, we'll see. I don't know. I guess that's kind of that cheap writing you're talking about a little bit, Austin, like what like what you said, Keith. It's like, yeah, it is kind of funny that like Robert Patrick's like not giving any like hints in the dialogue at all. And it, it's just one of those like transparent things. Well, that's because, well, hold on. We have to save it for episode six. <laughs> it's like, but it doesn't feel natural. It just feels like goofy that like, they're not giving us anything. I did really love the moment wherever like they knock Franz out of the helicopter. And he's like, yeah, big guy's gonna fuck you up. And then they reveal that he doesn't even know who Reacher is. I was like, okay, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. But um, I don't know. We'll see where it's going. I, I definitely am a little bit iffy on the the connection between the flashbacks and the present day stuff too. Within the new hundred and tenth character, is is there anybody that stands out as a character you want to learn more about beyond Reacher? I guess that's a good way to put it. Like, do I want to learn more about them? I don't know about that, but I'm just enjoying their screen time. I'm liking Dixon. I like O'Donnell. They're both like fun additions. Neely, I really enjoy. Like, do I need to learn more about any of those three? Like at this time, I wouldn't say not necessarily, but I'm enjoying their screen time and their presence. Uh, I like watching them all in the action as well. I do think it's cool seeing like the element of like her, Dixon being, you know, this accountant, but then that kind of transitioned into undercover gigs. I thought it was cool seeing O'Donnell transition into like a lawyer type role. And like, those moments like kind of come out as the episodes go on. You kind of see them like utilize their strengths, which was cool. I mean, I guess begrudgingly, I, I would say Swan, but that's kind of like a hit and miss thing. I want to learn more about him because I think it's like, oh, so maybe was there like an inside person from the 110th that's now working with Robert Patrick? I mean, that was like the big episode three ending, like, oh, shit, Swan's there. But then it's like they thought he was dead this whole time. Maybe he's not. So it's like, is he a good guy, a bad guy? So I'd like to learn more about him. But like we've seen him twice briefly in flashbacks. So it wasn't like a huge like, whoa, moment or anything. I think for me, like beyond Reacher, the the most interesting character has been Dixon. She also has gotten the most screen time. So that's probably why we just know her a little bit better. It has been a weird dichotomy for me of like O'Donnell comes in talks about his wife and three kids and the next scene he's like busting into a house and shooting six people in the head like that (laughs) like that dynamic has been kind of weird it's like so are you with like just a dad now or yeah i guess so yeah same with like same with dixon who is an undercover accountant she's like knifing a guy in the throat the following scene it's like jesus christ like i guess you guys are just totally okay with going rogue yeah i get i get kind of confused with their like their their way of employment like 
Dixon, she seems to be still like in the life, I guess, going undercover. But O'Donnell just seems to be completely out of the life. So whenever he goes back and starts just going on this new journey with everybody, is like, is he employed still by the military, or is he? Are they being paid to like solve this case, or what? Or this just like a personal thing because they're all being targeted? Yeah, is he like a military lawyer specifically? Yeah. But I hear what you guys are saying for sure. I mean, maybe it's one of those things we have to suspend our disbelief. It is still stupid, but I'm okay with it just because, like <laughs> yeah. we said, I mean, their entire team and only their team is being picked off. So I'm I'm okay with them like doing like some personal vengeance and like, you know, even though if he's just like a random lawyer, like him popping in and shooting people, I'm okay with it because they gotta avenge their fallen comrades. Uh, you guys, I know, mentioned, you know, was this turning more comedic potentially as a negative? Like, should we should we talk about that some more? Like, were there any highlight scenes or is it just like an overall negative? Like, oh, there's too much of this. It does feel like Reacher is saying more like stupid one liners this season than he did in the first season of like, we'll do it. But first, I got to go to the hardware store. He had. Oh, you're right. He Because he did like almost the exact same line before wherever she's like. You going to get a gun? He's like, yeah, but first I got to go to church. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> um, but then he still has the funny moments of like, he'll be in a group setting and, and some character will be like, wow, I really wish I could talk to them. And he'll just go, well, you can't because he got thrown out of a helicopter. So like, like he still has the timing and I just think it's too many like one-liners. It was more sporadic in the first season. Yeah, I think this kind of um, ties into the conversation around the team dynamic and how do we feel about, you know, the pairing as opposed to the lone wolf aspect in season one. I guess the reason why that stuff and the comedy isn't like sticking out to me is like a negative either way really is because I mean, both seasons had that maybe this is more, maybe it's just been too long since I've seen Reacher, So I don't really remember, but I mean, Malcolm Goodwin and Wilfred Sterl definitely had a good team dynamic with Reacher. Maybe that's just better than what we're getting here, but still is a team dynamic. Um, and then same with the comedy. Like I loved a lot of those like funny lines in season one. So like here, it's not bothering me as much, but I will say like some of those lines, it, it seems like he's he's just repeating himself now. <laughs> like, yeah, he's, like maybe that's the issue. Maybe he's just like using the same jokes. I mean, the whole church bit is hysterical and not really the best way because he's like, I got to get a gun, but I got to go to church. And then he goes to church and like lies to the father about like, where where are the drugs around here? So I guess he can get a gun without buying it. And so then he it just immediately cuts to him like running over two drug dealers and like taking money in the gun and then he just gives the money back to the church. I guess Reacher is like a secret comedic genius because that is pretty fucking hysterical. (laughs) (laughs) I guess what stands out to me more is in season one when he's paired with Roscoe and Finley, they are everyday police officers in this town and they have to kind of watch their bedside manner more in conversations and Reacher's not doing that. So it is the the juxtaposition of, of those characters trying to manage conversations and then, and then Reacher coming in and being very blunt and straightforward. That comedic timing I just thought worked better in season one. I do like the, like you asked earlier, I do like the chemistry though with him and his his teammates. You can definitely see that they have a past together even though we don't know, we don't know the full extent of that yet. But I do like that Dixon and uh, O'Donnell kind of and Eagley all have like their their own like I guess skills about them. Like O'Donnell like pulls like the knife on them. Like, they're all kind of a badass in their own way, um, which I thought which I thought was cool. I'm glad Reacher's not like just super beyond them in badassery and skills to the point where they're just like way beneath them. Like they're like right on his tail as far as that stuff goes, which is cool. I do think, though, the flip side of that is we're spending a lot of time in flashbacks this season, and those have all kind of felt like wasted time to me. Yeah, it's just hard to say so far. It's because we have no clue 
where it's going. It sounds like maybe we have some ideas, like maybe some of the cases they were working on as the special investigators will somehow tie into what some of them did after. I guess, I mean, the team disbanded. So it's like, I guess once that happened, some of them started picking up some work again, started teaming up, and then that led to them getting like kidnapped, tortured, and killed. Like, I don't know. So I'm so far, I'm with you that like the flashbacks seem a little kind of like whatever. I, especially because the first major one is him like basically introducing us, the audience, to this team, but then cut back to present day and like over half of them are already dead. And so then like the following flashbacks just kind of give us, I guess, little moments with the surviving ones. So it, it, it's weird. Yeah, I'm not like fully loving the flashbacks so far for that reason. Um, but yeah, I am with Yuki, though, that I, I do like that everybody on the team is competent. It's not like Reacher is like this oh, crazy better than them. Speaking of the comedy, I like that they all have their own comedic moments, too. I like how it's not just Reacher doing the same, like, deadpan thing or directing that he was in season one. It does feel a bit more conversational this season, which is, like, a fun difference. Like, I like seeing characters that know Reacher kind of give him some shit, too. Kind of, like, you know, make fun of him a little bit, which is kind of fun, like, a fun difference to see. So I'm liking those comedic moments maybe the best out of anything else so far. But um, speaking of the action, did you guys, like, have any, like, just, like, like pick a set piece? Are there any set pieces that you liked in particular? Because for me, it probably is... The pipe bomb house. I thought that was like super fun. The best one for me is the the opening scene with the guy with the carjacking. That's been the best beat down to me so far. I did like the um I guess the construction site. Whenever he That's the other one I was gonna he say, kills yeah. that one guy with like drowning him in the uh, the cement. Cement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like one guy he like throws a cinder block almost at his head and then like kills him by like stabbing him in the leg and then just like literally chucking him off of a construction site and then the camera just Hands down, and this guy falls into like a stack of cinder blocks so hard that they just break. I was laughing <laughs> I was like, at that. That was, that was funny. And that felt like like a, like an intentional comedic bit because it's like on top, Reacher finds like one cinder block and hits him with it, and he throws him off, and the camera feels like, "Oops, I accidentally threw him into a bed of cinder blocks." <laughs> <laughs> that guy did get a knife into his stomach, though. It happens. I feel like he only got stabbed, so in the next scene, we could see him shirtless with his. 13 pack and be like oh my god this guy it's insane insane. (laughs) you knew it was coming too i was like oh we're gonna get a a, another shower scene (laughs) i was just sitting there like this guy should have been cast as ken in the barbie movie oh how dare you jack Jack um (laughs) speaking of the comedic stuff though that kind of like paired that with the action another one of my favorite bits is probably because i don't think this was in season one but this season i'm liking how reacher is kind of accidentally killing everybody instead of leaving one alive to ask them questions and then like at the construction site that happens but then the one time he earnestly tries to do it the guy has a heart attack (laughs) (laughs) that was pretty funny so i'm liking that reacher uh, can't really help himself either if he like he accidentally is in full rage mode where he kills everybody or he's trying to be a detective, but then everybody looks up at him and gets so scared about this Hulk of a man that they have a heart attack on the spot and die. (laughs) (laughs) And he just chucked a grill, a Weber grill into that guy's windshield. Weird scene because Reacher is like sprinting through like this like residential area and like they show him get very winded and stop. And then he looks over and sees a grill and then the next scene, like a grill just flies through the sky and lands onto <laughs> this car. I just thought it was funny that Reacher was too tired to keep running, but had just enough strength to, to hurl a grill into somebody's windshield. <laughs> he's always preferred weightlifting over cardio. That is true. That is true. Well, he's always stronger than you think he is because it showed the grill and I was like, oh, he's going to like take the, the handle off the grill 
No, he just threw the entire no, the crew at the car. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was going to like pull the propane tank out, like blow mm-hmm. the car up. But see, no, he preferred to chuck the entire three piece grill with the smoker <laughs> into the guy's windshield. He's always surprising us. He's always surprising us. So we've already kind of talked about the mystery a little bit and kind of our thoughts on like the flashbacks, how it might be a little bit convoluted. And we're hoping that kind of gets cleaned up and connected better as the episodes go on. Um, but as we kind of alluded to, uh, the people that seem to be at the top of this mystery, like at least for now, like potentially the people that we're going to have to go after is, you know, Robert Patrick, of course. And of course, they did make a, a Terminator reference when they were like, oh, he's under the alias Sarah Connor. Do you know who that is? And he's like, who gives a fuck? It's like, because <laughs> he was in Terminator, guys. <laughs> Crazy. Um, and then, yeah, you have Ferdinand Kingsley as AM. So it's, it's, I think these are our two linchpins of this season. That's my guess so far. Any kind of questions or thoughts or how are you feeling about that i've been liking their screen presence it has kind of felt a little formulaic where it's just like the last five minutes of each episode we're going to see them on screen and they're going to do something a little spooky that gets you angry and then they're going to say a one-liner so i'm excited to see them actually interact with the team um i I did think the first season had a better way of like unveiling their villains because it was almost like every time you solved one piece of the case you thought you got the big bad guy and then another one was revealed so i'm wondering if they're going to kind of do that Russian doll thing again this season. But for the moment, um, AM has had the better screen presence to me than Langston. I guess I am like, you know, talking about Langston, maybe like one intriguing element is they did reveal in the same picture um, when they revealed that Swan was involved with this company. Like there is this larger company. It's like, oh, what are they up to? Because it showed Langston on that photo as well. It showed the woman that gave Neely and Dixon the uh, like address where they went to do the pipe bomb, but then they revealed later, oh, that was intentional. They wanted us to go there to ambush us and kill us. So it's like maybe this company is definitely involved. So I'm curious where that might go, Um, but definitely more interested in where AM goes from here because I think they're going to have trouble tracking him, it seems. And I guess I'm curious how this all connects to the flashback mystery that they're unveiling too. Um, Right now, I, I think the only thing I've been tuning in for currently is just to see what crazy shit Reacher is going to get into. But so far, the mystery really hasn't hooked me yet this season. Yeah, me neither. Um, but I think it's building up to it. So I'm excited to see what other crazy stuff AM's going to do. I think he's creepy. Can't wait to see what other action scenes that are in store. And then, yeah, and then just the overall character development of all, of all the other side characters. I want to see where that goes as well. I think, Matt, you mentioned earlier, we might get a, we might get a big death in this season with one of his uh, beloved side companions. So we'll see. Yeah, it's funny. I don't really have like any theories on where this mystery would go. I think that might be a little bit of a negative to the show. Not that I don't know where it's going, but just that I don't like like I've already said a billion times. It's just I'm a little bit confused by some of the stuff introduced in the flashbacks and how that ties to our characters in the present. And like, oh, wait, most of them are already dead anyway. So it's kind of kind of weird. So it's hard to predict where this might go. So I'm hoping for something that surprises me. I think uh, when it when it comes to what I'm intrigued about. It's not really the mis- the mystery necessarily. It is like, what is this company actually up to? How does Robert Patrick fit into that? Why is he getting involved with an international arms dealer? How does that work? And then, of course, the element that, like, you know, one of their own, the of the 110th, is involved in this company as well. Is that going to be set up for a secret, like, big bad, maybe? Like, having to fight one of their own, maybe? I don't know. But So I'm intrigued about some of that, some of those pieces enough, but, you know, it's not, like, as good as the first season of mystery. Yeah, I just hope they find the balance better between the comedic nature, the mystery, um, introducing you to the squad mates. Like, if I, at, by the end of the season, I'm like, wow, I really love those characters, and that mystery got 
to where it was and I just look back on the premieres like that was the weakest part then I think overall I'll view the season as a, as a success just right now I have been let down compared to how strong the intros were in season one because season one hooked me immediately and then it was such a fun binge well all right hopefully you know we're all at varying degrees of hype and enjoyment for this season but let's just hope we all end strong because I want to end season two being hyped as hell for season three so we'll see what happens with Reacher um, but yeah, I think that's going to close us out, guys. Before we do that, though, of course, let's do some Arnie's Podcast Awards. Keith, it's been a while since you got to participate and give out an esteemed award. So this is very exciting. Uh, but yeah, this is the part of our show before we close out where we take something positive, negative, or something in between from the project we just talked about. And it's just something that we feel deserves a very specific award. So, guys, where do you want to start today? I'm going to give the Grillmaster Award to Reacher. Mm played by Alan Richson. Uh, we, we touched on it. He just chucks a whole entire Werber grill into a car shield. Both the compartments and the smoker gets, gets chucked along with that. I kind of just want to see Reacher behind the grill. We know he loves hot dogs at baseball games. So I think he could whip up a pretty pretty nasty meal. So And if he's not happy, he'll just chuck it over the fence. <laughs> I would also, I just want to address this. I would not be happy if I walked out in my driveway and found the grown man asleep in my truck bed. <laughs> I don't think you can do that. I think you're trespassing. <laughs> yeah, I think you have to be careful with that one. Uh, but Austin, talking about food and talking about fences, chucking a grill over a fence actually ties into my award. Um, and that goes to Alan Richin as well as Reacher. But he's going to get the Human Wrecking Ball Award because I was laughing my ass off during that scene where they're running in the residential like housing area. And he's literally just running through fences like it to a comical degree. It's like, it seemed like it was supposed to be from like a Looney Tunes cartoon where you're running so fast, you run through a fence. But Alan Richson actually did that. He just like was running straight through solid objects like fences. Reminded me of the scene from Bandits when they're just driving the wrecking ball through people's backyards. There you go. This was inspired by that, I heard. I kind of I kind of thought of uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off too when he's just jumping yeah, over same thing. fences one after the other. He sometimes kind of grosses me out with the food. He... Uh, <laughs> And then Finley even calls him out on it in the, in, the, in the first season. He's like, how can you look like that and eat like you do? And he's like, I don't remember what he says. He, some, he says something really stupid. He's like, it helps or something like that. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As we've learned today, not all of Reacher's one-liners are hits. <laughs> <laughs> how often is he in the gym with his transit lifestyle? I don't get how he's maintaining this body. Well, we know he'd get his steps in because he's walking pretty much across the country everywhere. Um, but yeah, I don't know, Austin. It's a good question. Is he going to is he going to like these little lifetime gyms on the way and like just lifting a shit ton of weights that we're not seeing? I like to think he's just lifting heavy stuff in a train yard. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Possible. <laughs> All right. Well, let's not go down too far in that rabbit hole because I don't think we're going to like the answer. Reacher is just Reacher. He looks that way. We just have to accept it. Maybe he's lifting weights in the gym. Maybe he's lifting random shit. We don't know, guys. We just don't know. But with that, thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit that follow button so you never miss our upcoming content. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing us with a friend, we would appreciate that. So we continue to grow our show. Please leave us reviews as well. Even if you don't want to write anything, leaving us a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcasts really does help us out. At the Arnie's is our social, and the Arnie's.media is the website. We'll be back next Tuesday with our end of year blowout, the Arn Academy Awards. We'll go over what we discussed this year on the podcast, create our own categories with some old favorites and new ones alike, and each nominate something. And then on the episode next week, we will debate and figure out what should win each category. It's always a fun time, always one of our favorite episodes to do. 
Are you guys ready? Are you excited? Yeah, I'm excited because we looked around and we said, we don't want to see Wonka. We don't want to see Aquaman, the Lost Kingdom. We just want to hand out some awards. So it's going to be a good time next week. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. There's definitely some uh, reoccurring awards that I'm always excited to see what y'all will bring as nominees. So uh, it's going to be funny. It's going to be fun. And lastly, we want to hear from you guys, so please send us a message on Instagram at the Arnie's or email us thearniesmedia at gmail.com. What did you think of Reacher Season 2 so far? What solid object would you like to see Reacher run through next? Anything you say we'll read on the show and react to it live on our latest episode. That's right, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this one. We'll catch you next time for our year-end episode. Enjoy your week. See you then. See ya. You gotta go to the hardware store. <laughs> <laughs>